You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Welcome to your Canadians Connection on Rocket Sports Radio. This premier hockey podcast featured on allhabs.net brings you the latest news, in-depth analysis, and expert commentary about the NHL's most storied franchise, the Montreal Canadiens, hosted by Rick Stevens with Amy Johnson and Chris G. Our team of credentialed journalists provides behind-the-scenes insight on the Canadians, designed to inform, entertain, and engage Habs fans around the globe. We are proud to be the trusted source for all things Habs for more than a decade. This is the Canadians Connection Podcast. Well, hello, everyone. Welcome to the Canadians Connection podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio, keeping you informed, engaged and entertained. My name is Amy Johnson, and I will be your host for the next hour for episode 166 of the Canadians Connection. We're so glad you're here with us today. Uh, We're a proud affiliate of the Hockey Podcast Network and uh, a shout out as well to our sponsors, DraftKings. I am pleased to be joined in the studio each week by my co-host, who is the editor-in-chief, the founder, and the president of Rocket Sports, Mr. Rick Stevens. Rick, how are you doing this afternoon? Good afternoon. Hope you're doing well after um, you had a very happy Thanksgiving, I hope, and and, uh, and so did our American listeners. Um, Thanksgiving yeah. and then Black Friday yeah. and, um, and and Thanksgiving, not only the, the, the sentiment um, uh, for Thanksgiving, but it's a, uh, it's a very important date. It's a, kind of a milestone on the NHL calendar, and uh, it's usually a pretty good indication of uh, where you are in the standings and, and a predictor of who will be in the playoffs. Well, that's true. And uh, yes, thank you. I did have a very nice Thanksgiving, just a very small, uh, small dinner with my husband. But um, it was uh, it was very nice. I'm still in a turkey coma. Uh-huh. And uh, to your to your latter point, the Montreal Canadiens have been in a hockey coma since the beginning of the season. <laughs> so that was nicely done. Thanks. Nicely played. <laughs> It's about how I think that's about how you can sum up uh, both parts of the holiday. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And if anybody wondered um, <laughs> uh, whether the, the Montreal Canadiens are making the playoffs, uh, they're not. No, they're not. No, I, and and that's okay. That's okay. <laughs> there's still there's still things to talk about. There's still um, ways to make the season uh, impactful and productive. Um, it just won't be with the playoffs at the end of it. No. It won't. And we're going to talk about some of those things today. Uh, In fact, we've got a pretty packed show for you today. Of course, in our first segment, we're going to briefly take a look at uh, the the last couple of games that the Canadians played. Talk about how those went in case you've uh, been busy with your own uh, family things or just uh, (laughs) 
can't take the pain of watching the team night after night. Uh, so we'll catch you caught up on that, uh, as well as some roster news and injury updates. Um, check in with uh, a very notable Habs alumnus uh, uh, who who is in the news again. Uh, then we're going to uh, go down on the farm, as they say, and uh, check in on a Habs prospect report. We'll get you up to date on how the Laval Rocket has been doing. You know, okay, the, the Habs stink. Um, how's Laval doing? Well, we're going to let you know uh, and uh, talk a bit about Jordan Harris, who has been making headlines in Montreal lately. Not... Um, not for the reasons you would want, <laughs> but because uh, he's kind of been pushed into the headlines in Montreal uh, over the past week. We'll talk a bit about that. Uh, we've got some great audio clips to bring you uh, from from some of the players and, and other hockey notables. We're going to give you some audio clips and talk about those as well as uh, news around hockey from uh, Elliot Friedman. Of course, always a, a wealth of, of information, and he's going to talk to us. We're going to hear from him a bit about uh, Claude Julien and Quebec City. I'll just leave it at that. Uh, two, two separate subjects, not related, but, but we'll talk about that. Um, and any time that uh, anybody's doing anything to embarrass Brad Marchand, we're going to talk about it here on the show. So <laughs> we'll uh, we'll bring you all of that in the first segment. In our second segment, of course, that's always our big topic, and we're calling it holding pattern this week. Um, things are not good. Let's just put it bluntly. Things are not good for the Canadians. On the ice, off the ice, coaching, management, it's all just a pile of you-know-what. So we're going to talk about what needs to be done when does it need to be done? And and what are the alleged roadblocks to doing such a thing uh, and, and doing the things that need to be done to, to get through the season, as Rick alluded to at the top of the show? Uh, and then, of course, in our third segment, we're going to let you have your say. We're going to recap just some highlights of content that you might have missed around uh, our different Rocket Sports Media platforms. We've got some uh, some comments from some of you that we want to, to read to you. Um, particularly from our, our Facebook community. It is the last weekend for Movember. Very important initiative. We want to get you updated on how the Rocket Sports Media Movember fundraising initiative is going and, and let you know how you can really help us bring it home here down the stretch as we cross the finish line at the end of the month. And then we'll get you all set for the next slate of games for the Montreal Canadiens. Well, that sounds like a great show. It does sound like a great show. So let's start a bit can't move forward until we look back. Uh, so let's talk about how the Canadians have done. Of course, should preface all of that by saying, uh, be sure you bookmark allhabs.net. Uh, visit it every day for you're, you're going to find something there for you every day, whether it's news, whether it's a notepad, whether it's game recaps, game previews. Um, make sure you're visiting allhabs.net and following at allhabs on Twitter for all of that. Um, if you were if you were watching the game on uh, November twentieth, uh, home game against the Nashville Predators, it was a great night for Habs fans because um, the Canadians absolutely uh, just went out and did all of the things that everybody has wanted them to do all season. Absolutely dominated the second period, which has not been the case for them. Scored four times. Ryan Paling two goals in that game. Uh, and they were able to put the Preds away six to three that night. Uh, it was absolutely tremendous. Um, but perhaps what was even better is the comment of the night from Elliot Friedman, who said, quote, 
Nashville spends three nights in Montreal. Uh, We should remind folks that they were supposed to play Ottawa, but then they didn't because of Ottawa's COVID shutdown. So they got to Montreal early. Friedman says, quote, Nashville spends three nights in Montreal, then falls behind 5-0 to the Canadians in a 6-3 loss. Crescent Street remains undefeated. (laughs) (laughs) It's a little on the nose there, Elliot. (laughs) Yeah, a little truth to that. Uh, Nashville, who who has been uh, playing well, uh, didn't look themselves at all. And uh, perhaps that had something to do with all the time they spent uh, waiting for the Canadians and the extra time they had to spend uh, on Crescent Street. But listen, uh, the, the, the Canadians have, uh, have had few games to celebrate. Uh, there was lots to celebrate in this game. Uh, Ryan Paling looked great, he two did. goals, uh, and uh, now has three on the season in eight games, uh, playing just 11 minutes a game on the fourth line, but uh, looks every bit uh, an NHLer and, and uh, should cement his spot. Um, he, he's, uh, he's been, he's, he's done all that's been asked of, of him since his recall. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sam Montembeau, that was his first win as, as uh, a Montreal Canadian and it, right. it came in, uh, as a home game. So he had to feel very good about that. Um, Arturi Lekanen, um, he's in the, the, the five games going into last night's game in, in Buffalo. He was the Canadians, uh, leading scorer in, in goals, assists, points. Uh, he looked good in that game, uh, as well. And, um, interestingly enough, um, that, uh, Joel Edmondson actually played a role in that game, not in the lineup. Uh, we know that Joel Edmondson, uh, has, uh, not played yet for the Canadians has been injured to start the season. Um, but he is credited and was credited by Brendan Gallagher as the guy who went to the Canadians uh, event staff, went through Paul Wilson and said, uh, listen, um, we've been coming out to Coldplay, fix you, for years. Uh, why did you change it? Why did you move to Bulls on Parade by Rage Against the Machine? Uh, hasn't worked for us. Uh, go back, please. And so that game... Um, was the first uh, of the season at the Bell Center uh, for the Canadians come out to the very familiar um, fix you and um, and it worked <laughs> at least temporarily it it worked well uh, hockey folks uh, tend to be very superstitious and so I'll give them that um, I'm going to have a very unpopular take here. I can't stand fix you. <laughs> I'm not a Coldplay fan. It's not rock. It is pop rock at best um and okay sure tradition wise great um bulls on parade by rage against the machine is a much better hype song (laughs) to come out to to get your blood pumping and flowing to get a game started um i'm a i mean i i I like rage against the machine to begin with bulls on parade is a is a great intro song so i didn't have a problem with the change i was kind of happy to not have to listen to freaking fix you every time uh anymore um but hey superstitions are superstitions and if the players felt at all like changing this song is not giving us good juju in the locker room then okay fine change it and it worked apparently 
uh, or or at least on the surface, superficially, it seems to have worked. Now, we'll see what happens this week when they play a couple of more home games, and we'll see if by the if, if this time next week, if we're talking about they've they've put together a, a handful of home wins to fix you, then I'll say, okay, fine, you can keep it as long as you want. Well, they haven't won back-to-back uh, at all two games in a row this no. season yet. So even if it delivers that, uh, I think the <laughs> <laughs> it will have done something. And if it doesn't, they can go back to Bulls on Parade because it's so much better. But that's just my opinion. <laughs> um, all right. So moving along then. Uh, no, as as Rick just said, they didn't put together. They haven't put together back to back wins yet this season. So surprise, surprise. Uh, their next two games actually on the road in Washington and then in Buffalo. Uh, not on the winning side of things. They dropped both of those games. First off in Washington, it was the big return of Jake Allen, uh, Caden Primo back down to Laval. Um, and Jake Allen comes back in. It, my, it was uh, just the whole team top to bottom looked horrendous. Uh, the Habs were dominated from first opening face off to the final horn. Uh, Washington won that one six to three. Um, and then in Buffalo, once again, just, just to say about that Washington sure. game, um, and, and you're right, it was it was domination from start to finish. They spent a whole lot of time in the Canadian zone throughout the game. Uh, shot attempts, sixty three thirty nine for Washington. Interestingly enough, uh, the uh, the high danger scoring chances were about even five on five, uh, but. Clearly, Ilya Samsonov was much better than Jake. Jake Allen wasn't the the. It wasn't his fault. Um, he wasn't responsible for the loss, but he looked rusty. He he let in a, a, a couple of goals he'd want back. Mm-hmm. Um, it was it was just um, again though the, the giving up five or more goals. Um, that's happened nine times. Um, or forty-three percent up to that point of the games that the Canadians had played, they they gave up five or more goals, and and that's a combination of of poor goaltending. Um, Jake Allen hasn't looked great. Sam Montembeau's looked worse, and 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 Caden Primo had a couple of rough outings. Goaltending has not been very good. Defensive play has not been good, and of course they haven't been uh, scoring to outscore their mistakes. So. Lots, lots there, but but yes, the Capitals looked like a team on the move and and thoroughly dominated the Canadians. Then that brought us to the Friday night, Black Friday night game in Buffalo. Uh, The return of the inevitable second period collapse was right on cue for Montreal. Uh, Dropped this game four to one. The 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 real killer in this one, Montreal by the grace of the referees was 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 given a 4 minute uh power play due to a high sticking infraction not only did they not convert the man advantage they gave up just an ugly sloppy shorthanded goal at the very end of this 4 minute power play and that was you might as well have just gotten on gotten on the plane at that point because the, it deflated the entire bench you could see it uh and uh that was kind of the the story in the sand, uh, they weren't going to come back from that one, and they dropped that, that one four to one. It was a fragile team, and uh, as you said, that was the dagger. I mean, the power play, a four-minute power play, the power play drawn by Jake Evans, um, four minutes where they mustered just one shot on uh, the power play, and then Jonathan drew in with a lazy, lazy play, a uh, bad pass to... 
Suzuki created a, an odd man rush for Buffalo, ending in a in a shorthanded goal. And and uh, as you said, that was it. Um, you could see that the the wind went out of the sails, and and uh, the Canadians were done from that point on. So that brings us to a new regular season record of 5-15-2 for the Montreal Canadiens to date at time of uh, recording this podcast. Officially the worst start in franchise history through 22 games. Uh, Not something I think they're shouting from the rooftops at the Bell Center. This team has a 111-year history, and so when... When you start, when you start the season as the worst out of those 111 years, it says something. And uh, um, you know, Dominic Ducharme, Mark Bergevin, Jeff Molson all own the worst start to a Canadian's uh, season. Um, they also, and not only is it the worst Canadians team ever, they are one of the worst teams in the NHL ever. And um, TSN Stat Center uh, posted the worst goal differential in losses through the first 22 games of a team's season. And the Canadians, uh, this edition, the 2021-22 Canadians, are in the top five of worst, in, in that category, worst NHL teams uh, going back to uh, 1991. Really not good. These are not these are not records that you want to begin setting. These are not the things that five, 10, 20 years from now you're talking about, well, at least this, you know, whatever team it is that's off to a bad start, but at least it's not as bad as that 21-22 start that the Montreal Canadiens had. I mean, that's that's the territory we're getting into. Um, and it's it's not it's it's a big blemish on your record that you don't want to have in your history. Uh, moving on to roster news. Um Brett Kulak, of course, uh, still day-to-day. He's really the only uh, new injury uh, of note. But really, the the big bigger news was that the Canadians were able to welcome back Jake Allen, Cedric Paquette, and Joel Edmondson um, from their injuries. Of course, Jake Allen, as we mentioned, already returned to the lineup, as did Cedric Paquette. Um, although it really didn't make a difference, but that's just my opinion. He was back and then, uh-huh. and then a healthy scratch on Friday in Buffalo. Yeah. See, and that's, that's, that's okay. That's fine with me. <laughs> um, Edmondson has been practicing with the team. He went on the road with the team so that he can continue practicing, but, uh, he will not play, um, he will not play in Pittsburgh on Saturday night. He will not play in Monday's game either. So still waiting to see. Ducharme had mentioned he'd like him to get to a point where he can participate in a few days worth of full contact practice, which hes I don't believe he's up to yet. Um, so it's still going to be a bit till we see Joel Edmondson back in the lineup. Um, other, uh, speaking of, it's not necessarily roster movement, but um, the the question of whether or not the Canadians should name a captain that's not Shea Weber for this season keeps coming up. Um, and Guy Lafleur himself has actually, uh, he's talked about it a couple of times in the most recent time. Of course, John Liu had an interview with him on, on TSN, uh, during last night's game. So it's getting a lot of attention. Um, and Guy Lafleur has come out very vocally and said, there needs to be a captain in the dressing room every night. Um, they, the Canadians need to name a captain and Guy Lafleur believes that that captain should be Brendan Gallagher. I, I will politely disagree with Guy. Um, sorry, no, no, no disrespect, but, um, Rick, it's, you know, is it really, 
is it really that essential to to name a captain other than Shea Weber? And and really, would that kind of be a slap in the face to Shea Weber? Yeah, I think it would be. Shea Weber is the captain of the Montreal Canadiens. And um, yeah, he can't participate like a captain does or like he has in the past. Um, but until his status is clarified, he is the captain, or at least he'll be the captain through uh, the remainder of this season. Listen, when Guy Lafleur speaks, people listen, and yeah. I understand that, and I respect that. Um, uh, but I think that um, you know he's speaking he's speaking f- uh, from his heart here, and and um, Brendan Gallagher. Um, you know, next to Carey Price, uh, Brendan Gallagher is probably the most popular Montreal Canadian. But but uh, popularity and captain don't don't coexist necessarily. Mm-hmm. Uh, what makes him popular with uh, the the fan base is not necessarily what's best for um, the the. As, as a captain and and the captain has many roles and and one of them is getting up and speaking um in in the dressing room and being a leader and and all of that and and Gallagher shows heart he certainly does he another does. one is communication with the officials Brendan Gallagher has a, a pretty poor reputation so <laughs> well deserved with the officials and that would be a difficult role but but more importantly I think that uh Brendan Gallagher um, he has a permanent A. The other a, the other A's are are uh, circulating, rotating, uh, but Brendan Gallagher has a permanent A this year. So a C isn't going to give him any more permission um, to no. to speak than than he has right now. Uh, and the Canadians still have a late leadership problem. Um, it's it's not necessarily you know, who has the seat. It's, it's the guys in the room that are there and they are missing Carey Price. They are missing Shea Weber. They are missing Corey Perry. Uh, and to a lesser extent, Eric Stoll. Um, and I guess, um, you know, the, this, this, the, the Canadians like it or not, uh, there's going to be some, some change and perhaps large change to the Montreal Canadians and their roster. Uh, and it's time to embrace the new core. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mark Bergevin said himself that the next captain, and he said this a year ago, the next captain of the Montreal Canadiens would be Nick Suzuki. And I, I can't argue with that choice. Would it be right to put it uh, put the C on him this year? Probably not. No. Um, but, uh, you know, with all due respect to Brendan Gallagher, he plays with heart, but his play is on the decline. Uh, I don't think anyone would argue that. Uh, Brendan Gallagher is not a playoff performer. He hasn't been for for a his career. Seasons, he hasn't yeah. been for a few seasons. Um, and and listen, Brendan Gallagher is one of those. Uh, you know, I'm getting into sacrilegious territories here, but Brendan Gallagher is one of those contracts that the Canadians would like to divest themselves. It's a bad contract. After this season, he has five more years left at six point five million, uh, residing right now on the third line, and and um, you know maybe that's a contract that you want to move. Uh, I understand the love for uh, Brendan Gallagher from the fans, from Guy Lafleur, but he's not the right choice here. And 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 again, it doesn't grant him any special authority that he that he doesn't already have. Um, and and I'll just well, and I'll, I'll let you um, um, respond to that, and then uh, maybe just a couple words about 
Guy himself. Well, I, first and foremost, I, I'll just say at least the comment section is going to be aimed at you today <laughs> instead of me for once. <laughs> Although my fix you take might, might, might garner me some <laughs> comments as well. But I can't disagree with you. Um, you know, it's it's very difficult when you're looking at fans and you're looking at a team when it comes to favorite players and the players who are the most popular, the players who sell the most merch, the players who fans clamor to see at warmups or wait outside the garage. Um, it's hard to to separate the sentimentality out of that and and look at the player, their contract and their performance in an objective way and say, okay, but from a business decision, is this good? Um, and 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 you're right. Brendan Gallagher is not getting better year to year. Um, he's struggling. There's times in the past couple of years that he has massively struggled. Um, it doesn't take anything away from who Brendan Gallagher is as a person, as a player, as a teammate, as a member of the Montreal Canadiens organization, what he means to the to the guys in the dressing room, what he means to the fans, what he means to the city. It doesn't take anything away from that. It just means he's getting to a different point in his career. Uh, and so, yes, I have to agree with everything you said there. Uh, you know, particularly, no, putting a C on him is not going to change who Brendan Gallagher is in the room or on the ice. It's just a different letter sewn on his sweater. Um, and and he knows, he knows full well with Shea Weber not there in the dressing room that as far as the leadership group with letters on their sweaters, he's the top guy. So he's got to, he knows already that he's got to be setting an example and having conversations uh, in Shea's absence. Uh, so, so no, I completely agree with you there. Um, and yeah, it's, as you say, you know, it's when Guy speaks, People listen, um, and I and I I like how you say you know Guy Lafleur is speaking from his heart because I imagine for for all of the alumni, it's really difficult for them to sit back and watch this season unfold for the Montreal Canadiens, and it's got to be a bit heartbreaking for them to see uh, their their beloved franchise just absolutely going down in a spiral. Um, but. This is one point where, as we say, we have to respectfully disagree. Uh, j- just don't think that Brandon Gallagher would be the the solution. And as far as Guy himself, uh, mm-hmm. he's going through uh, a very difficult time. Uh, his son uh, Martin was was interviewed by TBA this week, and um, he said, "Listen, these these are really difficult times uh, for my dad and for." us as a family uh we just take it one day at a time and we try to keep his um, his morale up and the and the morale of the family uh because of this reemergence um of of cancer and and um but he uh, martin lafleur all also wanted to acknowledge that uh They've been getting a wave of love from uh, the Canadians' uh, fans, and uh, and he said that you know at this time uh, he sees his dad as a fighter. He's fighting for his life. It's very difficult, uh, but uh, all the the support that they feel from the fans, 
and also recently, um, we've we talked about it. Uh, Guy Lafleur's number was retired uh, from uh, the QMJHL, mm-hmm. uh, and that whole ceremony uh, did a lot to uh, for the family to be able to uh, celebrate. And so, um, a very difficult time. Uh, we 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 only wish him well with Absolutely. his with his health and. Uh, and hope that he's able to get through this. Get well soon, Guy. All right, uh, let's uh, shift gears for a a few minutes here, and uh, let's check out a Habs prospect report. This edition of the Rocket Report is brought to you by AHL.Report, your premier source for the Laval Rocket, the AHL affiliate of the Montreal Canadiens. AHL.Report is a proud member of the Rocket Sports Media Network. Rick, you remember how many, 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 many times on the Press Zone podcast over the years, we have harped on the fact that, you know, despite there there being a lot of times in past years that people seem to adamantly believe that the system being played in the Canadians AHL affiliate was not the same as the system being played for the NHL. We've been saying that over and over again, that that that's been the directive for years in the organization, that the AHL affiliate plays the same system as the NHL affiliate so that when there's call-ups, they easily transition into the system established in the NHL. It's true. So that, that's, 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 that's the case now for Jean-Francois Uhl and his new slate of coaches behind the bench in Laval. So despite uh, what was a very exciting start to the Laval rocket season, unfortunately, things are still going Basically, the kind of the same way that the Canadians are going. I mean, the Canadians have what twelve twelve points on the season. Mm-hmm. Um, Laval has fifteen. It's not that much better. In fact, Laval has a seven seven one and zero record. Um, it's uh, it's not been good. Uh, oddly enough, it's like deja vu. Uh, they are struggling defensively. They are. Uh, indiscipline is a diff is a big big problem uh their special teams has particularly the power play has been a mess um and uh goaltending has been uh, just not as solid as you would want it to be uh whereas we talked about um the goaltenders that have kind of all shared responsibility in that at the NHL level, down at the AHL level, it's been Primo McNiven and Kevin Pollan for a few games. Um, so this past week uh, has not been good. It's been the Belleville show. Um, this is the the end of the month where for some reason Laval and Belleville are playing each other uh three times in a row actually Belleville got to play someone else in between uh, and won that game in fact Belleville is uh, is on a bit of a streak and is creeping up in the standings after being in the basement of the north division for a for a while now uh last Saturday with Kevin Poulin in the in the crease uh Laval dropped uh, a game in Belleville five to two uh, last night, they started the first of a home-and-home home at Place Bell uh, against Belleville. Primo, uh, Primo was back uh, in between the pipes, but it was not a good night for the youngster. Uh, Belleville won that one 6-2, so 11 goals against in their last two games and only four goals for. Um, and yeah, it was, it was just 
it was a mess all over again. In fact, uh, Chris G, of course, was at Place Bell last night. He is talking to J.F. Uhl about it after the game. Uh, and Uhl told him, look, you know, the defense hasn't been great. Second period uh, definitely was the the tail of the tape. He said, um, quote, you got to check with your legs, not with your sticks, uh, because the penalties are are just a constant issue with this team. Uh, he says they they need to learn to not retaliate. They need to learn to just take a shot for the team and and keep your keep your temper in check. Um, there were three separate occasions in last night's game that Belleville had a five on three advantage. That's not ideal. <laughs> but listen, the Rocket are full of prospects. They're young. They're they're, well, they're fresh. <laughs> they're they're learning. They're making mistakes. Um, especially on defense, you know. Especially on defense. Unfortunately, Gianni Fairbrother is day to day right now. He's out with an injury, so Gianni Fairbrother's not in the lineup. Uh, Josh Brook is still not uh, has still hasn't played yet this season. Yet neither has Joel Teasdale. So no prospects. No prospects on the back end. Um, as far Yessi Alonen wasn't in the lineup last night. He was a last minute scratch due to a non COVID related illness. Uh, so he wasn't in the lineup last night. Um. It was, um, yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't pretty at all. Um, Laval now heads to Belleville today for the second half of that back to back Belleville's win live for them last night, uh, kind of catapulted them over Laval in the standings. So Belleville is now ahead of Laval in, in the divisional and conference standings. In fact, Laval is in the bottom four in the Eastern conference. It's not looking pretty right now. Um, but it's it's kind of a mirror of the issues that are going on uh, in some ways with the NHL team. So uh, be sure, of course, you're following at the AHL report on Twitter, uh, bookmark AHL.report uh, on your internet browser. Uh, we'll have live in-game tweeting on uh, Twitter from that account. And of course, a full game recap. Uh, afterwards, you can read last night's game recap uh, at ahlreport.com. That was courtesy of Chris G, including post-game audio with J.F. Uhl, Danik Martel, Xavier Ouellette, um, and uh, and Louis Belpedio, I believe. And then tonight, I'll have uh, the coverage for the, the team on the road. So Follow along, check it out, read it, share it. Um, we'll we'll keep you apprised of everything going on with the Laval Rocket. Great coverage there. Um, we spoke on this. Well, I should also mention when you're following at the AHL report, you'll also be sure to know when each new episode of our sister podcast, The Press Zone, comes out. It comes out every Tuesday. It's co-hosted by yourself and myself. Um, and this past week, we actually spent some time. We talked about how Paling's doing. We talked about Cole Caulfield's brief stint in Laval uh, and whether or not he was recalled too soon. Um, but we also talked about Jordan Harris because Jordan Harris was kind of thrust into the spotlight by Mark Burr. Javan last week talking about it had some flippant comments to say uh, uh, kind of I don't know that flippant's even the right word just really casual and really kind of not what you would expect uh, a GM to 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 be saying about a very 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 promising def- defensive prospect which you obviously need right now um, and that Rick prompted then uh, some more kind of buzz around Jordan Harris at while well, he's currently uh, playing at Northeastern. Um, and Godin actually went out and, and spoke to 
head coach, talked to his mom. There was there was an article that came out this week that kind of shed a little more light on it and and put a pretty big um like glowing statement about Jordan Harris out there. Yeah, it was, um, you know, I, I don't understand Mark Bergevin's comments, I, I which which were mainly, uh, listen, if he wants to go play in, in New York or Boston, we can't stop him, which was kind of silly because no one can find anywhere where Jordan Harris said anything of the sort. Uh, he's always maintained he's committed to the Montreal Canadiens. The issue is that last spring, we've talked about this on this show, um, Mark Bergevin went to Jordan Harris, said, would you like to join the Canadians? Uh, let's let's sign the ELC. Uh, you can join after your season's over in the NCAA. Jordan Harris uh, thought about it, talked it over with his family and said, no, uh, I'm going to go back to uh, Northeastern for my uh, senior year. I would like to graduate. Um, and I'd like to experience... Uh, Jordan Harris knew he was going to be the captain of the Huskies, uh, wanted to experience that, and um, and so passed for now on the offer to join the Canadians uh, for the playoffs, uh, much like Cole Caulfield did last mm. year. Um, so uh, in the athletic this week, uh, that was we talked about on the press zone the Mark Bergevin side. Now from the Jordan Harris side, there was an article in the athletic. And uh, the quote was, uh, the best defenseman in the country, who is Jordan Harris. Uh, the quote came from uh, uh, Jordan Harris's uh, coach, uh, current head coach of the Northeastern uh, University Huskies, uh, and his name is Jerry Keefe. Um, and he said, right now, quote, right now, Harris in, is, in my opinion, the best defenseman in the country, the country being U.S., the, the league being the NCAA, and I really believe that. I just think he brings an element that he plays a 200-foot plays a game, he can defend against anyone, and he can transition against anyone. Um, Jared Keefe knows what he's talking about. He's been a, 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 a been with Northeastern for the last 10 years, first as an assistant, then associate, this year as, as head coach, um, and knows what he has in... in um, Jordan Harris, uh, Jordan Harris, uh, this year in 15 games, two goals, nine assists for 11 points. Um, and, and the highest, uh, over the last couple of years, the highest, uh, point per game, uh, defenseman in, uh, the NCAA. Um, he's been, he's been very good, um, and, uh, very smart, um, and, and it was interesting that, um, his, his, uh, his mom had some comments about how they came to the, or how Jordan, uh, came to the decision, how they supported him, um, talked about not, uh, it wasn't turning their, uh, his back on the Canadians. It was simply that, um, he, he, he felt, uh, it was important for him to follow through, uh, his mom said, um, it wasn't an easy decision. Um, it was something he struggled with, uh, but he took the time and said, no, I want to follow through. I want to uh, uh, finish uh, my degree. I want to finish out as captain uh, my NCAA career. And and that should be uh, admired and complimented mm -hmm. and, and not um, not treated as, as Mark Bergevin did with the, the kind of flippant comments that he made. And, um, I mean, 
that's a big deal. If you've got someone who quite possibly, according to many different folks who are experts in this, uh, is the best defenseman in the NCAA right now, you want to give that person the gold star treatment. And you want to be doing everything you can to not sour that prospect on your city, on your organization, on the future that they hold with your organization. Um, not saying, you know, blow smoke and, and so forth, but you just want to treat them respectfully and you want to treat them like the top prospect they are. Um, and so, yeah, it's it's very curious as to why Bergevin would be so... Um, kind of blasé about actually. Well, actually, we talked about why I think uh, he he acted the way that he did and said said what he did on on the press zone on Tuesday. I invite everyone to go listen to that, uh, and we're going to talk about that a little bit more coming up in segment two in the big topic. But uh, and listen, Caden Gooley is he the best defensive prospect the Canadians have? No, uh, that would be Caden um, uh, Gooley. Um, Jordan Harris. Uh, what did I just say? You were getting there. Yeah, Jordan Harris is is, <laughs> is not, not the is, best, is, but he's close to it. He's close. Um, he's not the biggest. Um, you know, five eleven, one eighty. Uh, he was a third round pick in in twenty eighteen. He's twenty one years old now, um, but he's very smart on on the ice. And um, he said that he prides himself on his intelligence. Uh, he said, "You watch NHL games. Everyone's smart. Everyone can think the game." Uh, just reading off guys will be something to adapt, but I'm pretty confident in my ability to adapt quickly. I would say my ability to defend, use my stick, my feet is the biggest transferable skill to the NHL. Um, he, he knows what's expected of him. He wants to gain as much experience as he can. He wants to, to improve his game. He wants to, uh, experience this last year and, and, and build his, his maturity. And, um, and listen, you have to admire that. His his parents admire that uh, he he isn't just following everybody else's path. He's not following the way Cole Caulfield did things. Um, his parents have always said, feel comfortable with who you are. Take the lead. Lead by example. And um, one of the things in the article that was impressive is that uh, his teammates at Northeastern were interviewed and they said we all love him. We voted him to be captain, along with the coaching staff, and it wasn't even a debate about who was going to be our captain. We'll follow his lead every single game. Um, this is this is a, a player that that you want on your team. Uh, you know he's been compared to Duncan Keith. He's been compared to Ryan McDonough. Uh, this is the kind of smart. Um, new def- new model defenseman that you want as part of your organization. And someone who's grounded, someone who has his priorities straight, someone who's mature, and someone who's responsible and has good leadership qualities, uh, which is something, obviously, the Canadians need that in the near future. So uh, great for Jordan Harris. I, I applaud him for sticking to his guns and, and saying, no, you know, my family and I have determined what's best for me and my life and my future, including my hockey career. Uh, And I look forward to seeing him suit up for the Canadians soon. Uh, So, of course, uh, all the prospect news, be sure you follow uh, at the Press Zone. Listen listen and subscribe to the Press Zone podcast. comes out every Tuesday. Uh, You can find that at thepresszone.fm. And, of course, bookmark uh, AHL 
HabsReport.com. And we'll continue to bring you all of the latest Habs prospect news. Uh, so, Rick, we you just talked about how how well Jordan Harris analyzes his own game, knows what his strengths are in his game, knows the things that are probably going to be a challenge for him once he does transition to the pro game and the NHL game, but has a solid foundation of how he feels he'll be able to adapt to that. Um, And that's an important asset for every player to have is to be able to give themselves an honest and sometimes unfiltered self-assessment of their own game. Um, Well, and we heard Jeff Petrie do that this week, quite honestly. Uh, If you've watched one game or every game of the Canadians this season, you have known this has not been uh, a a stellar season for Jeff Petrie. Uh, In fact, it's been probably one of the worst that I've ever seen him play. Uh, And it seems that Jeff Petrie also knows that his uh, his game isn't quite up to standards this year. You know, you're you're playing with some new guys, but, um, you know, I... I feel like my game hasn't been anywhere close to where it should be, and um, you know I'm still trying to, to to gain that confidence back and and find that uh, that game that has given me success the the last few years. So uh, I'm yeah. I mean I think as much as I don't want to say it's the pressure or anything, but um, yeah, I think it's uh, it does have some weight to it. Um, I mean it's not. There's no explanation to, I mean, that shouldn't be the reason why I'm playing the way I am. Um, I think, you know, Webbs was obviously a big part of our, our D, um, and with him out, you know, it's an added responsibility for me defensively and, and with a guy like Eddie out as well. Um, you know, those are two guys that played big roles for us last year, and and are really good in the in the D zone. So, um, you know, it's it is an added role, I think. Um, but I'm not going to put that as the blame of, to my play. Um, very quiet spoken, uh, mm-hmm. Jeff Petrie, a bit of a mea culpa. Um, he we've said it uh, how um, you know elsewhere, uh, particularly last year. Uh, folks were saying Shea Weber's washed up. Uh, Jeff Petrie is the true number one defenseman of the Montreal Canadiens. Uh, you know, take Weber off the power play. Uh, take Weber off the first pairing. All of those kinds of things. And and listen, it it just wasn't true. None of it was true. Um, that uh, it was Shea Weber being there that allowed. Uh, Jeff Petrie to be Jeff Petrie and do the kinds of things. And, and he couldn't have confirmed it anymore uh, by what he said there, mm-hmm. that uh, Shea Weber was a huge part of, of the Montreal Canadiens and him out of uh, the lineup means Jeff Petrie has to do different things than he's done, uh, a different role for him. And he's not, um, those, those don't fit in his wheelhouse just as well. Uh, so that his game is nowhere near what it should be, and 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 his play has been part of the reason that the Canadians find themselves where they are, particularly um, on the power play. Mm-hmm. Jeff Petrie, it's 22 games now. Uh, he's playing uh, 23 and a half minutes a game. 
no goals and uh, just two assists, no power play points. Uh, he's been a huge disappointment. Uh, we should add that many people have been speculating that it has something to do with his physical state, that he's suffering some sort of injury. Uh, in the same presser, uh, Dominic Ducharme categorically denied that uh, uh, Jeff Petrie was suffering from any injury. Um, so it's it's with Shea Weber out of the lineup, uh, it's put a, a burden on uh, Jeff Petrie that uh, he hasn't been able to to take on. He hasn't. And, uh, you know, I, I appreciate his candid response there. I appreciate that he's, you know, willing to put it out there and say, look, I know I'm not, I'm not playing the way I should be. Um, And, and yes, uh, I have a different responsibilities and I have different roles and it's maybe not working quite as well as I would have liked it to, but I'm not going to use that as an excuse. So I do, I, I, I respect him for at least particularly that last sentence of um, I'm not going to, I can't use that as an excuse to, to why I'm not playing well. Um, I, I feel badly for these, for these guys at this point uh, coming out to do post game pressers night after night, because uh, it's the, the emotion is getting more and more. The frustration is getting more and more. The answers are getting less and less <laughs> um, because there's only, how many times can you say the same thing and, and, and not just sound like you're beating a dead horse. Um, for Ben Chirot after uh, last night's game in Buffalo, you know, was starting to be asked, you know, is it, what does this do for the confidence? Is it a lack of confidence? Is it, uh, you know, how do you, how do you pick yourselves up? And he, he was just kind of having none of it. He's like, well, I'll let you listen here. Listen to this. You don't really have a, you don't really have a choice to kind of lose your confidence. we got a game tomorrow night. So you have to be able to, able to go out there, play with confidence, play your game. Um, can't kind of sit around and pout. You just move on to the next one. Yeah, I mean, uh, people talk about, oh, they've lost their confidence. And the, and 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 uh, uh, Ben Sherratt said it's a mindset. You have to have confidence. You have to uh, put uh, all these games aside and go out there, deal with the next game um, with a fresh mindset, be confident, um, and, and play, play with confidence, play the kind of game that you're capable of. Um, there's, there's no, uh, room in, in the locker room to sit and, and, uh, marinate in these kind of, uh, deep feelings. He might want to have a chat with his buddy, Josh Anderson then, because Anderson's, uh, comments to the press were, you know, Ben Chiracha said there's no time to, to hang our heads or sit around and pout. Um, Anderson was very sullen in his uh, in his presser and very short in his responses. Take a listen to this. Yeah, it's frustrating. I'm not going to lie here. I'm not going to sit here and go through it. Um, good first period. We're in the game. And then um, our second period just got to work. That's all we've been talking about this year. I don't. I don't have an answer for you. Like, I don't know what to say. I really don't. That's that's real deep frustration. Yeah. I don't have answers. I don't know what to say to you. I don't know how to spin this. I don't know how to analyze this. Um, we've been talking I, about it all year. I don't have anything more for you. Yeah, it's not good. 
That's not, that, and that's not the headspace you need to be in. I understand it's difficult, but you do have a game in 24 hours. Um, it's not easy. Even before that, uh, Arturi Lekkonen on Thursday on their on their practice day in Buffalo summed it up pretty short and sweet. Uh, of course, it's not good. Losing sucks. Losing sucks. He was asked about the atmosphere in the room. Of course, it's not good. Losing sucks. Um, that's pretty short, sweet, and and accurate. Um, and Lackey's always going to be honest and direct. And um, and yeah, it's it's really really difficult for all the players right now. My favorite uh, question that was asked to every <laughs> every player, including I think Ducharme last night, was Pat Hickey asking if the shorthand and goal against was demoralizing. <laughs> it was quite <laughs> what do you want well i can't even imagine as a player like what do you want me to say to that honestly what do you want me to say oh my goodness one more uh piece of audio that we do want you to hear however uh comes from doug armstrong uh we know that carrie price is still in the gym he's still rehabbing and he's still trying to get some of the conditioning back we don't know yet uh when he'll return to play and that's that's all right he's gonna get there when he gets there um but of course the olympics are coming um, a lot of focus is on that. A lot of focus is on preparations for that. It's it's going to be here before you know it. And uh, Doug Armstrong had some words about uh, the the potential goaltender for Hockey Canada. You know, we're hoping uh, all the best for Kerry. I, I hear he's getting back on the ice soon. And, uh, you know, I would say going into it, when everyone watched last year's playoffs, he would have been penciled in as the guy. Uh, and now he, you know, there's, there's things that are so much more important than playing hockey. And he's going through some of those things right now. Uh, and if he gets his game up and wants to come, uh, uh, and he's playing to that level, he, he'll be the guy again, obviously. He'll be the guy again, obviously. They have full confidence in uh, Doug Armstrong to be the guy. He's the general manager of Team Canada for the Olympics uh, that they value uh, Carey Price uh, highly. Now, listen, uh, it would be, I think it would be a miracle if uh, Carey Price was able to uh, come back. He's, he's um, you know, not been on the ice regularly yet. Um, he's not joined practice. He's not anywhere close to playing. So, uh, team Canada's, uh, being hopeful. Uh, but I think it's, it's the kind of respect that they have for, uh, this player, the guy who can change, uh, a, a game or a series all by himself, uh, that they'd like to include him if he's able to play. Now, uh, that that aside, Carey Price aside, there's all kinds of questions about whether uh, the NHL will, will participate uh, mm-hmm. in in the Olympics, and that's still an open question. And and maybe more questions are being raised about that. Uh, but in in a week of of kind of uh, difficult quotes, I thought this was a, a very interesting quote uh, to coming from outside the organization about Carey Price. Absolutely. And uh, good to see him getting support from around the hockey community. Um, speaking of Hockey Canada, uh, recently Claude Julien uh, was announced. Uh, he'll be he'll be working with Hockey Canada uh, uh, in the upcoming uh, short period of time here, doing some head coaching duties for, for events like the Spengler Cup and so forth. Um, 
bringing up Claude Julian because uh, Elliot Friedman, Rick, uh, mentioned that Julian might be one of those candidates in the running to coach the Vancouver Canucks should they suddenly need to clean house. Uh, remind everybody that the Montreal Canadiens are still paying the salary. Uh, Claude Julien still under contract. Um, so this actually would be good news for the Canadians. And mm-hmm. according to Friedman, uh, is something they would allow. The Canadians would allow uh, the conversation between uh, Julien and the Vancouver Canucks, and and that could potentially get uh, some salary off. Uh, and not that it's on the cap, but but off uh, uh, Jeff Molson's out of his wallet. Absolutely. Uh, Friedman also made mention of the fact that, you know, the, the, the perennial topic of bringing an NHL team back to Quebec city, you have to talk about it at least five times a year. Uh, Friedman uh, confirmed that uh, the NHL did in fact have a phone conversation with Quebec city, but as Friedman puts it, it's quote, not seriously on the radar. So. And Friedman followed that up saying, uh, in his opinion, this is a publicity stunt, and I don't like to see true fans jerked around. Um, a publicity stunt? Well, more of a political stunt. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Premier's in trouble. Uh, he's formed this this committee about uh, uh, making sure, in his, in his words, that there are a greater representation of Quebecers in the NHL, and he included a, um, a return of the Nordique uh, in that kind of portfolio, uh, and that there are, there are discussions uh, between uh, um, the government and um, uh, the NHL, as Friedman said, not serious, more of a publicity stunt to, to prop up the premier. Um, why would Bettman go along with this? Well, um, he has his own reasons in that uh, this keeps this keeps franchises in line and particularly Arizona mm-hmm. to keep them on track uh, with a new building uh, having that threat of uh, of interest elsewhere and moving the franchises uh, whether he considers it serious or not and he probably doesn't helps him in his job in keeping um, the the existing franchises on track. As far as, and I'll just add, as far as expansion franchises, uh, unlikely there as well. There's Houston, there's Kansas City, there's there's other uh, expansion franchises that are probably ahead of, of Quebec City in line, uh, even though, you know, expansion's not being talked about. Um, we just got through. Uh, the Seattle expansion. So uh, there's no talk about the Cana- about the NHL expanding at this point. One more point that we just have to quickly touch on before we uh, take our first break here and then get to the big topic um, is any time that anyone wants to um, physically assault Brad Marchand, I guess we're <laughs> going to talk about it, um, could not be more entertained with Artemi Panarin and Brad Marchand jawing at each other uh, f- from the bench, between the benches, and and Artemi Panarin uh, taking off his glove and just launching it right at Marshan. Um, fantastic. Uh, $5,000 fine, I think, is ridiculous. Um, you'll worth, notice- it, worth it. It's worth it, absolutely. <laughs> but um, you'll see that there are folks on social media today saying, Tom Wilson got fined $5,000 for punching Pavel Buchnevich in the head on the ice. I mean... Okay, it's a little disparity there, but uh, I'd pay $5,000 to throw a glove at Brad Marshall. 
and and kind of lost in it uh, in in the that circus atmosphere uh, was that the Rangers beat uh, the Bruins five two. They had a three goal third period. Um, and for the rain, we we're talking about the Canadians' uh, worst start in franchise history. On the other end of the spectrum, uh, the Rangers, uh, an, uh, another original six team, it's their best start mm. in 20 games in Ranger franchise history, brought to you by Coach Gerard Gallant. That's a pretty good job, that Gerard Gallant. Mm hmm. All right, we are going to take our first break here on the Canadians Connection. Uh, coming up next in our big topic segment, we're going to discuss this downward spiral, spiral that the Canadian season is in, the paralysis, the seeming paralysis that is engulfing management and ownership, and what needs to be done immediately uh, in order for this team to get through this season. So uh, follow along with us uh, on social media, at Habs Connection. Stay with us. We're going to discuss all of that. This is the Canadians Connection podcast on Rocket Sports Radio. The NHL season is underway, and DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, has an unbelievable offer to celebrate the greatest sport on ice. New customers can bet just $1 on any NHL game and win $100 in free bets if either team scores a goal. Doesn't matter if it's a one-time clapper or a deft deflection, however they light the lamp, you win. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, DraftKings won't leave you empty-handed. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contests. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN, throw down a dollar on any NHL game, and win $100 in free bets if either team scores a goal. This week, one puck in the net nets you a big win with promo code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. And welcome back to the Canadians Connection podcast on Rocket Sports Radio. I am Amy Johnson. You can find me on Twitter at Flyers Rule. And with me in the studio is our president and founder of Rocket Sports, Rick Stevens. You can follow him on Twitter at All Habs. Also, as I mentioned just before the break, be sure to follow this podcast at Habs Connection on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And of course, visit our website at CanadiansConnection.com. Make sure you're subscribed. You're subscribed, right? Look down, look at the player that you're playing this. Just hit that little subscribe button. It takes just a second and uh, share it. Tell your friends. Uh, we'd love to continue to grow our Canadians Connection community. All right. So in this segment, we uh, we break down the big topic of the week. And, and this week, Rick, you're calling it kind of the holding pattern. Uh, the, the season is... <laughs> I, I enjoy how on the agenda you put this as the Canadian season is in a death spiral. 
That's really a very pretty much. <laughs> it's very inac- a very accurate way of uh, describing it. Um, management seemingly paralyzed, not doing anything. Bergevin says he's not making any big moves. He's not selling the future. He's not doing anything. Um, and Jeff Molson is continuously missing in action. We haven't heard from him at all this season. Um, and so, I mean something's got to give, right? I mean, what other coach, I I realize that you just signed Dominic Ducharme to this contract. I realize that. I also realize that you shouldn't have done that. We talked about that profusely last season, um, that he shouldn't be signed as the permanent solution. But what other coach would survive a start like this and still have a job today? Yeah, it's... um, Dominic Ducharme is uh, bewildered. Uh, is the best word. Uh, you know, when a when a when a head coach comes to the podium and just repeats the same things almost word for word, um, mm-hmm. you know that he's he's out of ideas and he cannot understand why his system isn't working. Um, but obviously, uh, it's obvious to everyone that uh, the players just aren't getting it. Maybe it's maybe it's a fabulous system that works with a different set of players or in a different league or somewhere else, but it's not working. And he's uh, stubborn enough not to make any adjustments. Uh, he hasn't made any adjustments to that. And uh, the players just keep going out and getting embarrassed. Uh, when there's no other word for it. And... Um, that they're, I mean, these players, um, they they've all achieved, um, including those that were were on the the uh, the the playoff run uh, to the Stanley Cup final. They've all achieved, and they're very proud. Uh, they've been successful, and now to be embarrassed night after night after night is extremely frustrating. And we heard that in some of the clips we played earlier. Um, it's it's. The system has been a complete failure. Dom Ducharme is in over his head, um, and and uh, but uh, uh, last night um, on our Slack group post game um, for our Rocket Sports team, um, Brian uh, Brian said uh, the team should not be this bad, should it? Question mark. And and listen, we know that. Um, uh, this is a poorly constructed roster. Uh, it really is. But even at that, it's underperforming. They're 30th in in the National Hockey League. Um, if they were performing to their potential, I'm not saying they're a playoff team. Uh, they're not because it's it's a poorly constructed roster by mm-hmm. the general manager. Uh, but they are are dramatically underperforming, and that's the fault of the head coach. Um, and and as such. Uh, both have to go, but the the thing that is is so ironic is that uh, Mark Bergevin and Dom Ducharme have preached, particularly about um, uh, with the young players, and and they made this point about Jesperi Kotkaniemi, saying he just uh, you know there was no self assessment there, and and that happens with young players. Is yeah. There's no self assessment. There's no self-assessment coming from Dom Descharmes. No self-assessment coming from uh, Mark Bergevin. Uh, they're all passing it off on the players. And obviously, 
it's 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 not their fault. Asking these players uh, to go out and execute the same system that's failed over and over and over again, um, Descharm just isn't getting it. Bergevin just isn't getting it. And Molson is nowhere to be found. Um, but okay, so we, I, I think I think most fans agree. I think most of us agree. I think most most of us in the media agree. Something has to change. Something has to give. You can't just keep, uh, you know, what's what's the the everyone's favorite um, was it Einstein quote that you know the 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 definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. Um, you can't keep doing this for the next sixty some games. There's it's just something has to change, and then you see everyone getting in their own way. Oh, well, you can't fire the coach. You're still paying Claude Julian. You can't, because then you'd be you'd be paying Dom Ducharme and you'd be paying Claude Julian. You just can't do that. Uh, no, you can't fire the coach. I mean, who are you going to get? You're not going to be able to get anybody right now. Everybody's got a job. Uh, you can't fire the coach. Uh, what's what's the point? It's the, the roster's still bad. Or, oh, well, you can't fire Mark Bergevin right now. Uh, you know, who would replace him? Well, Mark Bergevin is the most, if... Look up lame duck GM. Mark Bergevin's glowing headshot would be under it. Mark Bergevin is checked out, in my opinion. Um, and of course you can fire Tom Ducharme. Of course you can. Of course you can. Um, Rick, let's talk about some of these things. Like every, Everyone likes to make excuses and obstacles of why you can't do something. Um, but maybe it's... Uh, Maybe it's a little more black and white than that. It reminds me of uh, Pierre Boivin coming out, former president of the Montreal Canadiens, coming out and saying, listen, uh, you don't understand. We're really handcuffed uh, by the fact that we have to um, hire a, a francophone coach. Um, and, and that causes us not to have uh, the best uh, for the organization. And then you ask well, who's handcuffing you? Uh, and and to the point where some on social media were saying, is it an NHL regulation that the Canadians have to hire? No, of course not. These are self-imposed handcuffs, um, and 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 so are these these. They're they're nothing but myths. Saying that you can't fire the head coach because you're still paying um, Claude Julien is a, is a self-imposed handcuff. Uh, it's just money. It's just money, Jeff Molson, mm-hmm. um, for the the uh, franchise that is worth um, one point three, one point four billion dollars, uh, third um, uh, most in third most valuable franchise in the National Hockey League. Uh, you made a mistake. Um, you're going to have to eat that. Uh, you made a mistake by by uh, uh, extending. Dom Ducharme, we know that uh, had uh, the, the Canadians ended their playoff run uh, with uh, you know losing in the first round to the Toronto Maple Leafs, Leafs up three one. There's it's very unlikely that Ducharme would have been extended. It's unlikely that that Bergevin um, would have been ex- would have continued on after that. Um, so that was a, that was a mistake to sign him. Uh, after that, and yes, you're still paying for Claude Julien. Maybe there'll be some relief if if uh, Claude Julien um, comes back to to the NHL this season. But that shouldn't be the trigger uh, that uh, that gives you permission to fire 
uh, Dom Ducharme. It's not working. Uh, the players are absolutely frustrated. And when you look, uh, when you look over um, what's happened in the past, it's 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 Mark Bergevin, uh, Jeff Molson that have provided presided over this house of cards uh, that that Carey Price has kept fortified, kept afloat. Uh, and without Carey Price there this season, we're, we're seeing the absolute result of their incompetence, the incompetence of, of uh, the way the roster's been uh, constructed. Uh, the cap situation is out of control. The development of players is uh, worst in the National Hockey League. Um, th- all of this... All of these things are are uh, problems throughout the organization. They're s- systemic. They they have been uh, by Mark Bergevin and Jeff Molson embedded in the current structure. This has to be dismantled, and it has to start really soon. Um, the players are frustrated. Um, the players are smart. They can understand um, if Dom Ducharme was fired. The system's out the window. Uh, they can play with a system they're more comfortable with. They can achieve, um, you know, their potential, whatever limit that is, uh, and then uh, changes to the roster can happen. Uh, some of the contracts can be uh, sent elsewhere and to help play uh, playoff bound teams um, with some of these. And, and listen, it, you don't have to make, uh, are, is it a bad time to hire a GM in the middle of the season? Of course. Uh, are there, you know, uh, limited candidates available for coach, uh, in season? Of course, none of these, uh, uh, situations have to be permanent. Interim appointments can be made. Um, but you still rid the organization of the folks that are, are causing the issues. Um, you, you know, you can put, um, you can get rid of Dominic Ducharme. Please get rid of Alex Burroughs and, and, um, maybe he will, he will, uh, but, but be a, a coach someday in the National Hockey League, but allow him to go through a natural process of learning and earning, uh, the role of being, uh, a National Hockey League, uh, assistant, um, he just isn't. He just isn't that. He was. He was jumped the line, and uh, he's been a dismal failure. So give the the, the team to Luke Richardson, uh, Trevor Letowski. Bring down Marty Lapointe. He's he's been uh, behind a bench before during development uh, times, uh, rookie games, those kinds of times. Let him help out. Uh, Scott Mellenby and and Trevor Timmons can uh, as as assistant GMs can run the uh, the team, but 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 get rid of of um, those two folks that are are causing uh, the issues that we're seeing right now. And and listen, that part of this uh, part of this repair is going to going to cause uh, going to hopefully see Jeff Molson stepping back from. He can remain as owner, but stepping back from the role as president, a role that he's has abandoned for some time now. Well, that's just it. I mean, as I as I've said a few times, he's been MIA. I mean, I would expect that if you were just the owner, but but you're not. You've also you've also made sure that you have the title of president as well, which means you need to be accountable if you're going to be involved with the hockey ops side of things. You need to be accountable. You need to be public facing, and he's not. Um, I I certainly agree with you. Can Ducharme, can Alex Burroughs. I'd be perfectly fine 
watching Luke Richardson take take over the helm as the interim. You and I were talking before the show, and you uh, you accurately uh, brought it up that it was Luke Richardson while Dom Ducharme was was out with COVID during the playoffs, and Luke Richardson had to temporarily take over at that point. Uh, you you brought it up and, and reminded us that it was Luke Richardson that players literally said in press conferences they would run through a wall for Luke Richardson. In the 22 games that this team has played and suffered through so far this season, have you heard any one of those players say anything that's e- that even holds a candle to going to bat for Dom Ducharme? No, not at all. These players are not coming out there every day saying, uh, we don't want to let the coach down or the coach has given us a plan and we're not executing it or the coach is, is giving us all the tools and we're just not putting... And, and and we want to win for him. They're not saying that. They're not even saying anything close to that. Uh, Luke Richardson took over for two weeks. And, and as you pointed out, they were, quote, ready to run through a wall for him. You put Luke Richardson at the helm of this team for the rest of the season, and you will see an attitude shift. An attitude shift will do wonders on the ice. No, it's not going to catapult them to being a playoff team. But at least there would be... Um, some some levity, there would be some positivity, there would be some, okay, there's a plan. Uh, and, and you mentioned that as well. Um, I also, <laughs> Rick, I have to hang my head when every time a, a, something like this comes up, the, the scuttlebutt immediately turns into, oh, we'll bring in Patrick Waugh. Yeah. Um, and that's not Pat- the answer. <laughs> yeah, Patrick Waugh, for all of his... <laughs> For all of his, uh, you know, wonderful things that he's he, he's done for the Montreal Canadiens is not the answer at coach. He's not the answer at GM. He was a train wreck. He has been a train wreck uh, at the NHL level uh, on that side of things. And, um, and I, I fear it would be much worse in Montreal, uh, given the expectations of him, uh, given the emotionally charged situation and, and his... Um, ability to to react emotionally. Um, his agent uh, uh, gave a, a Neil Glasper gave a uh, interview this week to TV on. We remember um, a few months ago there was a report that uh, Patrick Waugh and Jeff Molson had met in a hotel. Neil Glasberg again, uh, he's already denied this. He he reinforced that uh, there was no meeting, there was no discussion. All of that in his, in uh, to quote him, is nonsense. They're falsehoods. Um, he acknowledged, he acknowledges that the team is uh, in rough shape without Carey Price, uh, but there hasn't, uh, there hasn't been a call yet. Um, he said, if there was a call, if it comes, you know, to February and, and, uh, there's a call that uh, that they would certainly take that call and 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 uh, and consider uh, um, you know and listen to what Jeff Molson had to, to say. Uh, but he's he also said you know uh, we're not just sit, we're not sitting around waiting for the Montreal Canadiens. There are there are other opportunities in the NHL. We're watching the Vancouver situation closely and. Uh, he reminded everybody that uh, Patrick Waugh already has a job. He has two positions with Ramparts uh, and uh, said, quote, until someone wants to talk to Patrick, he's 
100% dedicated to his current job. Um, there was one other little tidbit that he offered. That's um, my favorite part. Uh, and he said, uh, he also, Neil Glassberg, that is, uh, represents uh, Jim Rutherford's, uh, you know, uh, uh, veteran uh, executive in uh, the National Hockey League and said, uh, in his opinion, in Glassberg's opinion, um, Rutherford would be, quote, a perfect candidate for president with the Montreal Canadiens. <laughs> and uh, uh, that might not have gone over so well with uh, <laughs> Jeff Molson. Well, I when when we were discussing this before the show, I said, that is a shot across the bow, and I'm here for it. And I, I, I absolutely agree with him. We just Jeff Molson should step back from that position. He's not cut out for it. He's not, not qualified. He's no, he's not qualified for it. He hasn't performed well in that position. He's not performing well in that position now. And I'm all for someone like Jim Rutherford and coming in and taking over that kind of a position. You would see things get done, and there would not, and it would be this. The first thing would be this organization is going to get back to focusing on winning the Stanley Cup. Um, good things would come from that. So I, as you say, probably, probably didn't go over very well with, uh, ownership, but, um, um, I can't say I disagree with him, but that's the bottom line. This, this, um, this, this team right now is poorly constructed. That's the fault of the GM. It's even more poorly coached. That's the fault of the head coach. And overall, the organizational uh, direction is, uh, they don't prioritize excellence as an organization. Uh, there's all kinds of other kind of side things that Molson has um, included as a priority for the organization. So those three um, areas are why the, the Canadians find themselves uh, like this right now. So all of those uh, individuals have to go for there to be positive change. I agree with you. Sooner rather than later. Uh, quit letting this drag out. It's uh, it's 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 not going to get any better anytime soon. All right, we're going to take our final break here on the Canadians Connection. Up next, we're going to let you have your say. We're going to get you caught up on things you might have missed on the Rocket Sports Media platforms uh, along the week. We're going to hear from you, from some of our fo fine folks in our Facebook community. Uh, so don't go anywhere. We will be back. Stay with us. You're listening to the Canadians Connection podcast on Rocket Sports Radio. The Canadians Connection is proud to be a partner of Rocket Sports Media, digital media publishers of sports and entertainment websites. Their mission is to build a worldwide network of sports fans who are informed, engaged, entertained, and connected. Learn more about RSM, its team, and its portfolio of brands at rocketsportsmedia.com. I bet you enjoy sporting your best Habs jerseys, dressing up your kids and pets in the cutest Habs gear, and showing off your decked out hockey cave or fan ink. Well, don't just show your friends, show your Habs. The team at All Habs wants you to boast your finest pictures for our global network of Montreal Canadiens fans. Include the hashtag showyourhabs when posting your fan photos on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. Then log on to showyourhabs.com to see your entries, along with photos and posts from Habs fans all over the world. A proud member of the Rocket Sports Media Network. If you're a business owner looking for the perfect platform to reach a targeted audience of customers, Rocket Sports Media is the solution. 
Our global hockey community provides unmatched social media reach to an attentive demographic of sports and entertainment fans. We can provide visibility to your company, helping you to engage and leverage this prime group of potential clientele. In addition, we also offer sponsorship opportunities for fan events and featured areas of website content, giving you name and logo recognition. Visit rocketsportsmedia.com to contact us regarding this unique marketing opportunity. For the most trusted source of news, analysis, and features about the Montreal Canadiens, their affiliates, and their prospects, log in to allhabs.net, your year-round resource for anything Habs-related. That's allhabs.net. And welcome back to episode 166 of the Canadians Connection podcast on Rocket Sports Radio. Don't forget, you can follow our podcast at Habs Connection on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Uh, and don't forget, visit our website, CanadiansConnection.com. That's where you'll find the entire archive of all of our episodes. You can go back if you missed anything, if there was a segment that you really liked and you wanted to hear it again, uh, or if you just want to point your friends uh, to that website, Canadians Connection. Uh, dot com uh, to to subscribe and check it out. Uh, we invite you to visit there. And of course, uh, don't forget, you can always text us anytime via the Rocket Sports text line. That number is 5853-ROCKET. Again, that's 5853-ROCKET. You can text us 24-7. Uh, we always love to hear from you if you've got questions or comments, just general feedback and things to say. We'd love to hear from you. Um, now, in this segment, of course, is when we let you have your say. Uh, first and foremost, however, we want to make sure that you didn't miss anything from our Rocket Sports contributors throughout the week. Uh, as we've said, be sure you're uh, following at All Habs on Twitter and bookmarking allhabs.net. Uh, every day, uh, you'll find great content there. On Mondays, of course, Chris always has his Habs Notepad weekly article, get, getting you caught up on all of the latest news from the Habs. Um, on non-game days, uh, you you may also occasionally find a Habs headline post, which also brings you kind of headlines throughout the week of the latest news. But uh, most commonly throughout the season, you'll find of course, extensive game day previews on the afternoon of every Habs game day and comprehensive recaps, both of which uh, done by by Rick Stevens. Uh, the uh, previews also assisted by uh, Sam and Cole. Um, so be sure to look for those, check those out. Um, our Ben Danku, of course, keeping things rolling with the Habs fan forum over on our YouTube channel. You're subscribed to that, right? It's youtube.com slash allhabs. Hit subscribe, hit the notification bell. Uh, Habs Fan Forum, that video column comes out every Thursday uh, where Ben gives you, uh, from a fan's perspective, his reactions, good and bad, uh, throughout the week of, of the Montreal Canadiens. Uh, his, uh, his, his column this week, uh, his video was called Keep the Prospects Rolling. He wants to also see the young guys playing more... Uh, stop messing around and just get uh, get some development going. So um, be sure you check that out. Uh, you'll also want to be seeing his mustache project progress <laughs> for November. <laughs> you don't want to miss that. He's got a, he's got a great Mo going there. Uh, we'll talk a bit about more about November here in just a few minutes. So 
Be sure you're checking everything out. Uh, don't forget to subscribe to The Press Zone, our other podcast over at the AHL Report, and uh, we'll keep things rolling with the Rocket Sports Media team. Um, as we said, we love to hear from from our fans. Tweet us, uh, send us a message on the Rockets uh, sports text line, but join our Facebook community. Rick, uh, the Facebook fan page for All Habs is quite extensive and they're quite vocal too. They're very active, <laughs> very active. Go to facebook.com uh, slash All Habs, facebook.com slash All Habs. Uh, like the page um, and so that the, you'll get the updates from it. More than 50,000 hockey fans uh, are there and part of that community. And I, I think the general feeling um, over the the last few days, uh, certainly there's anger, uh, certainly there's frustration, uh, frustration along with the players. But uh, I think generally that fans are, are they're smart enough uh, to know that they'll trade wins uh, for development, for experience, for the prospects. Uh, they're they'll they'll uh, uh, allow losing if there's a purpose behind it um so let me take a few here again this is the all habs uh, uh facebook community uh rose and tom zintel say how many losses uh before the coach is canned uh and they question his system uh garth max stiebel says I'm not angry at the players. Uh, they're not getting any support from management whatsoever. Uh, and I, I think that's uh, most of the anger is, uh, is directed at uh, the coach, uh, the general manager, and uh, the president. Uh, Paul McDonald says, the writing is on the wall. They don't have the players to compete this year. It's time for a major personnel change of management and a full rebuild centered around a small, young core. I'm still going to watch the Habs, and I don't mind losing if it has a purpose. There needs to be major changes, um, and I think that's 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 kind of what the the organization is failing to recognize that that fans are willing to to go through that process. They're losing anyway. The worst, uh, the as we said earlier, the worst start in franchise history. So why not have a purpose behind it? Um, Rob Sinclair says, I feel for the players. Management has let them down again. Molson needs to step to the plate and save what little dignity he has left, if any. <laughs> it's a sad, sad day for Habs fans. Uh, Garth Asham, I'll finish uh, the comments from you, uh, the fans, uh, with a, a comment from Garth Asham said, this is a sad, sad state of a team built by a very incompetent general manager. Well, they didn't mince words. No. I like it. And I have to say, I agree, 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 agree. So give us more of those. Make sure you're uh, joined uh, over there. Make sure that you are following and, and part of that Facebook community, facebook.com slash allhabs. Uh, as I said, they're very vocal, uh, pregame, postgame, during the game, off uh, non-game days uh someone's always commenting about something jump in on that conversation we love we love to see uh fans and followers and readers all interacting and and kind of riding this wave of emotion together uh it's it's great to see 
We mentioned a moment ago that uh, Ben Danku's Movember mustache was coming along. Actually, the entire team has been just knocking it out of the park for Movember this year. Uh, Rick, it's been... Uh, and and the, the, the wonderful thing has been that our team has really been contributing in so many different ways. Uh, some people are growing the mustaches. Some people are doing the move challenge. Some people are hard hitting, you know, the, the promotion and, and trying to get uh, as many donations as they can. Other members of our team are even making uh, donations themselves. Uh, all of that, all pulling together. You know, you, you set a, a, a decent goal for us at the beginning of the month. How are we doing? And and I think that's the important part is the whole team, the whole Rocket Sports team has has been involved. Uh, Ben's taking the lead with respect to fundraising, uh, but there's Ben, there's Michael, there's yourself, there's Brian, um, there's Mike Rashel, there's Maria, uh, Chris G just uh, gave a, a donation. Uh, the team is coming together. We we raised last year. We raised in a difficult pandemic year three hundred and thirty dollars for the Movember Foundation. Set the goal this year at five hundred. We're currently at twelve hundred dollars. Um, and uh, just as important as you said, the the activity level has has uh, increased and uh, six hundred and twenty three kilometers so far. And um, maybe more, most importantly, raising awareness for uh, issues for the physical and mental uh, health of men. Um, so it's been a very successful Movember. Uh, There's a couple of days left. Yeah, we're not done. Uh, so if you'd like to help us, uh, please go to moteam.co slash allhabs, moteam, M-O-team slash co slash uh, all habs and uh, make a donation share the the uh, share our posts um, we'd really like your help in the in the last few days absolutely even if it's just a dollar uh, any amount helps we're at 1200 that's pretty incredible could we could we do a little better could we do a little more i mean let's knock this one really out of the park uh we have till the end of the month so make uh donate early and often as they, as they would say moteam.co slash all halves and thank you to everyone who has been supporting us uh, throughout this fundraising campaign um we'll of course have uh, have you locked in for all of the canadians upcoming games of course they've got the second half of that back-to-back road trip uh, f- uh finishing off tonight in pittsburgh that's saturday night in pittsburgh before they return to the bell center uh to host the vancouver canucks and the Colorado Avalanche next week. Uh, that should be an int- <laughs> that's going to be an interesting few games. Um, and of course, don't forget at All Habs. Follow that on Twitter, AllHabs.net. Um, and then next Saturday, December fourth, the Canadians Connection. This podcast will be back with Rick. Uh, Chris G will be in the co-host chair uh, with you next week, and uh, we'll have another week of hockey to talk about. Thanks for sitting in. Great to have you here again. And uh, we've got another episode of The Press Zone coming up uh, this coming week with uh, Patrick Williams. And Mm -hmm. and, uh, make sure you, you tune in for that as well.
Absolutely. Uh, We thank you so much for being here. We thank you for uh, your loyal listenership. Even through the rough times, we'll all get through this together. Don't worry. Uh, There's going to be a light at the end of the tunnel, and we're all going to get there together. So thanks so much for listening. Enjoy. Try to get some enjoyment out of the hockey. We'll be there with you every step of the way, and we'll see you back here next Saturday for another great episode of the Canadians Connection podcast right here on Rocket Sports Radio. Click subscribe so you never miss an episode of Canadians Connection. Visit allhabs.net for breaking news about the Montreal Canadiens.